Hello and welcome to Making It, the podcast about making theatre and making it as an artist. I'm your host, Tammy Wilkie, and each week I'll be chatting to an emerging playwright, theatre maker or theatre company about how they make theatre, why they make theatre and what they do to survive. Zia Ahmed is a poet and playwright from North West London. He is a former Roundhouse Slam winner and writer-in-residence at Payne's Plough as part of Channel 4's Playwright Scheme. His poetry is lyrical and exact, with a deadpan sense of humour and the kind of sweeping imagery that makes the sky feel bigger and like your brain's in flight and like your heart somehow gotten into his hand. His debut play, I Want to Be Yours, is touring the nation with Payne's Plough and Tamasha Theatre and opens at the Bush Theatre Studio on the 4th of December. Zia, welcome Hello. to the podcast. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> My first question for you is, how did you get into theatre? School, school. I think mm. we had, I did drama, GCSE. We had playwrights come into our school, which was cool. Like, oh, um, nice. Which ones? A guy called Nick Crosser. I don't, he, so this one was, like, he did, this was an after school one. So this one we actually got to write. Mm. And that was Hampstead Theatre coming mm-hmm. into our Oh man, so I just dropped the hair in my teeth. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No worries. Um, uh, yeah, that was an after school thing where we, we all wrote scenes that we knew would be performed mm-hmm. by professional actors. Mm. And that was that was real cool in that sense that we were treated like, yeah, we were writers. What year were you in when that happened? That one was, that was in sixth form. Oh, cool. So he liked the thing that I wrote and then this was time ago, so at the there was a thing called Start Night at uh, Hampstead Theatre, which was like five extracts from like five different pieces, mm-hmm. um, which would get feedback on the night. And yeah, and he got in contact with me and asked me to to write something for it. Which, but this was us in, in in sixth form, mm-hmm. so it was the it was it was cool, but <laughs> it wasn't. It was something I was like, yeah, whatever. Like that's so interesting that like your first point of contact with theatre was always with playwriting. Yeah. Like, I felt, like were you watching much theatre um, like, when you were at sixth form of school? No, nah, nah, no relationship with the theatre. It's like film, Bollywood. Mm. Like we'd, there was I mean, uh, cinema in Walls and Green, Bellevue, which showed Bollywood films. And an auntie, <laughs> an auntie on, on the road near us who had like a, she, I don't know, she sold videos. Or you rented <laughs> videos, you'd go with like 50p. Oh my god! She had like a a cupboard of VHSs. And were they Bollywood or they? It, it like was all, all Bollywood, like yeah. no, nah, yeah, f- film and but not like theatre, theatre. I don't ever remember. Definitely not a family thing. But mm. even school, I, until I chose it for like GCSE, it was pretty. No, no exposure to, mm. to theatre. And like, when did you start like going? Like, I wanted to do drama or something like that at uni sort of took a break from it and uh did like sociology mm. for like a term and yeah anyway yeah at uni or at, this is at uni mm-hmm. and then dropped out and mm-hmm. just, yeah uni that's another story but, um, <laughs> uh, it's part of the story it's uh yeah so then when i dropped out of uni i um just started researching just things to do to pass mm. the time and i know my drama teacher got back in touch when she found that i dropped out and then oh, cool. told me to come into like a sister and stuff mm-hmm. and then through that i started watching shows again because like they were like school trips and stuff like mm. wait so you like after you dropped out you were working as an assistant at the school uh, and then it, was that it right? was um yeah not for like it was the free just so that i wasn't like moping at home like. <laughs> right, so she, right she was like just 
uh, looking after me like just like come in oh. a few days a week like you ain't got any money but like you can like put it down in your CV and stuff like that nice like, and through that um Hampstead Theatre from the, so like the first time around the the playwright thing where I did after school uh, the director from that was still working at Hampstead Theatre so then ah. I got in touch with her again and she was running Heat and Light which was a youth group at Hampstead Theatre which they shut down when the other guy come in uh, Ed, Ed Hall, Hall? Yeah. yeah when that got shut down I found out about Oval House and again I'd never been to <laughs> I'd never been South London it was, <laughs> it was one of them ones that I was pretty like stayed in Northwest or yeah. went to East to meet family but I genuinely until the Oval House Youth Group I don't remember <coughs> going South London <laughs> uh, like there was no need yeah, why me. would you do this? Yeah, why would, you, why would <laughs> I do that to myself? I was, uh, I'm living there now, so I can't. I can't the, uh, yeah, so all of the stuff was for youth theatres rather than like show shows. Mm -hmm. Like, so I didn't really. And were you acting in it or were you always kind of writing? Uh, all of all of it. Like, I just, so I, I was just doing it all. Like, because mm. I guess with the sort of devised sort of projects, I got to do both. Mm. And. I was drawn more to the writing always. Mm. I'm not that... <laughs> I'm not that... I, I rate actors now. <coughs> but it's... Uh, I can't do that stuff like... Even like knowing what my character had for breakfast and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I do appreciate the value of that in helping. But for me, that is... I just want to do the lines and just sort of... Sort of vibe it with the other actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I would never be able to tell you what a character had for breakfast like, <laughs> it's just uh, yeah and so you said that you feel like you were always more drawn to the writing like were were you writing separate from theater like how did you get into writing um i don't know i'm sure when you're like adolescence like the most angsty rhyme book mm. or like um the more i think about it, it was moments from like when i was real young of hearing uh my dad mm. i don't there's this thing i don't it's like a poetry circle and but it's like usually the elders mm. and they would come round and they, we weren't allowed in a room so it was like they would just shut the door it's a bunch of like elders like aunties and uncles so there's more uncles than aunt but like because our door couldn't shut properly because of the bed anyway <laughs> so the bed was slightly too big so the door would never be able to fully shut so i remember hearing them do uh like guzzles and so like or do poetry and like that sort of started me that how old were you when you were like overhearing that I, I was like seven eight wow. and there was an age it's still going but like it was it feels uh, sunrise radio is like an asian south asian radio station mm. right and there was a show where like yeah people phoning and do do it's like a cross between it's it, no it's like song poetry mm. so it's like and yeah they get so into it and it felt like it felt like an outlet like mm. in terms of like they were like singing about a lot of it is still like linked religiously but there was a lot of like sadness or um mm. i don't know whether nostalgia or, or homesickness that you could sort of feel something when and it felt like an outlet and i think that did start and the more i think about it that feels like a moment where i remember yeah something in that in in the the release of writing things mm. 
But. So it, it sort of feels like poetry is like something you connected to, like kind of through family from like quite a young age. Yeah, yeah, through yeah through family and also like I think Bollywood lyrics are pretty like mm. if you if you try they they're quite emo and they <laughs> but then they're quite some of them are quite beautiful as well like and I think because lyrics are poetry as well for me anyway like it's not nothing's dumbed down or mm. done like. But especially uh, with Bollywood lyrics, there's, yeah, them, them things sort of stuck. Mm-hmm. Even, and I guess maybe like, even like Quran, like learning the Quran, Arabic, it's mm-hmm. like there's the rhythm to it and it's like the meter, it's, it's actually like, so from like three and four when like you're learning, it's like, don't know what it means, but you know there's a rhythm to it and uh, mm. the meter and like things that I'm, still remember f- like f- from from learning the arabic that i don't like completely know all the meanings of but i will remember because of the, the rhythm of it and the flow and, that, and mm. then it feels like um like your way into poetry is like kind of osmosis like it's yeah. just like kind of around you everywhere yeah. and you kind of just like sucked it into yeah. your like skin um, like yeah, in your mind exactly yeah. but when do you feel like you actually like you know started like picked up a pen and was like i've got to do this i've got to make this outlet my own like, like for that like school project, I was all, I would always do a poem. That mm. was and then whatever. There wasn't like a where it was like uh, about endangered animals. I think I remember mm-hmm. like like years six, five six right about endangered animals or or like traffic guidance for kids like <laughs> like like these things. But at the play, I guess I want to be yours is, is named after a John Cooper Clark poem, and I think there was a lesson at school where we read I want to be yours where I was like. I was like, I was like, this is sick, like, and then we had to write our own version of it, so and that, that was probably one of the most fu- like fun lessons. That how old were you? Twelve. Wow. Twelve. And like, that's so cool that like you can link that poem to like the play the, that you've written, yeah, you know, it's, recently. It's like lowercase, I guess. Like, mm. it's like it's like lowercase, no punctuation. So when you read this, and I, I had no clue what it sounded like, mm. like when he, because when he reads it, it's like. But he reads it so fast, like it's, I think there was a document he said that he just wants to sort of get off stage. He just <laughs> it. he just reads it real like bullet bullet pace, like let me be your full cortina breathing in your thoughts. And it's but he's from like South, not so I hope I don't get wrong, Salford or Greater Manchester, something like. So in his his broad accent, he's just like boom. But it sounded like himself. It was one of the first things that wasn't like just completely an exercise in form and structure which he, he is clearly like in terms of meter and stuff it's clearly precise and got a he's obviously thought about it but there, but there was something that felt like him mm. it's so funny like when you're talking about like um everything lowercase like because it makes me think of your emails like when oh, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> getting in touch about organizing oh, this yeah. like i was like oh i really like the way that zia writes emails like the do, do you know what it is? Um, paragraphs give me like headaches. Mm. I don't know what it's like. Uh, a block of text. Mm. I mean, I've had a problem with, like, it's not a reason why I'm like not good at acting or something. <laughs> something about learning blocks of text. Like, mm. of course, I'd have to rewrite it and be like, break it down into lines because it's, it's something about, not close, it's something about, it's like being yeah. hit by a brick wall. It's just like, boom, and I'm like, ah, oh, I mm. can't. I can't read this right now. So that's why I'm not always good at replying to emails because it's <laughs> something like if it feels overwhelming. Yeah. If it's that broken down in lines, it just feels easy to digest or something. Yeah. It's just, yeah. 
And like, I'm wondering about like when the two came together, like when when you kind of all right because like you've been a poet since like 2011 would you say like, uh yeah yeah no, that's, 20 is that right yeah yeah i think that's when we uh graduated the roundhouse poetry collective so when did you start that like after oval house like what was the gap between then working with roundhouse uh, they were like alongside uh-huh. um even if i say i don't know much whatever about theater it's all linked to groups so then i found out about this thing at royal court which was uh <laughs> A Muslim writers group. Mm. I think they were like because my sister had done it, mm-hmm. so she's she's a writer as well. And that I met Sabrina Mafuz on that. Mm. She invited us to a U, the UK Slam, <laughs> and that was like my first exposure to like her quote my like slam poetry. And then and just seeing her in the group, like, and then the way she delivered her writing, it, it was didn't seem like too much of a leap it mm-hmm. just felt like uh, other than like length of time like i play probably like yeah 60 70 minutes but this thing's like three minute things but mm. she's still taking you on like a, a journey a journey of things and like yeah the, the rhythm of it like the the playfulness of it as well and mm. and with her stuff specifically because she would like switch characters as well <laughs> like it's like i associate to watch with that well like i mean that was a moment of like them coming together or leaning or going from fear into that because mm. then by chance in the same week I saw my mate Sean Mahoney who's he's a he's a sick writer and, but he had told me about this new thing he started at the roundhouse and his group like your like Bridget Minimal was on it um mm. Belinda Jawi uh Paul Cree bunch like within the scene of like people that are still writing yeah it was like a moment like a epiphany or moment of clarity or something I was like, mm. this is just i think this is what i want to do mm. so yeah since like 2011 is when i sort of just went all in with the poetry mm. and what was the process of like writing your first play like how did that how did the feeling of that differ from writing poetry and, and also what made you want to do it so the play or the, uh the play yeah. oh the play so, <laughs> <laughs> so now the play come about so then yeah, once I joined around, that's a sort of, because all, all the groups, youth groups were like sort of closing down or all mm. people just moving on. Like you feel like you can't be, <laughs> I mean, maybe you can, but you can stay there for like a long time or sometimes it feels like a year or two is, and then like, okay, let's try something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I started going all in with the spoken word, like doing festivals, and I started around collective What's called, called Elephant Collective, mm-hmm. which... So it's like, you have to leave after a year for the roundhouse. Oh, yeah, so yeah. So like after three terms, the next lot come in. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, yearly thing. And then, so I kept on with that. And then in like uh, 2016, there was a call out from Payne's Plow and Tomasha for Come To Where I'm From, which is like, it's like a map for the UK mm. and like, you download the app and then you can like zoom in and um, click on a town or a city mm. and then there's writers from that place that have written a monologue about the place. It's sort of like discovering the cities through these writers that have written like 10 to 15 minute monologues. And this was the first time they'd done London. Mm-hmm. So there was like a big call out. And it just, but the, right, the thing about this one, the writers have to perform their own work. Mm-hmm. So for me, that felt like something... I was like, okay, I'll, I'll send something in and I, I feel 
feels like I could just do a spoken word piece. It wouldn't. That's not too different from a monologue. Like it's mm. not. So I did the Northwest London uh, thing with. So you we got put alongside professional playwrights. So there were it was an open call out and then the sort of more commissioned writers. Mm. And so it was like Jay Walker mm-hmm. and uh, Gabriel Bissett Smith, mm. and then it was myself and my sister as well. Oh, cool! She applied as well, and then uh, what's your sister's uh, name? Medea Ahmed, and another act called Carla Williams. I think. Well, yeah, we all did that night. It was like the week, a couple of days after Brexit, mm. and yeah, it was just a weird. weird Sort of, I mean, no one turned out because England were playing that night as well. Oh, right. So, uh, <laughs> oh, so it was a performance, it was a play, yeah. So, we right. were in like this was uh, tricycle before it became kiln uh, mm-hmm. on the top floor, and it was like a night we just did it, got paid. Like, I mean, that was part of because <laughs> it was like you got paid like two, I don't know if it's like, 200 quid or something, nice, yeah. And I, I was like, yeah. Okay, cool. Hopefully, if I get that's that, yeah, that's cool to get two hundred quid. And, mm. But then they invited me in for a meeting. Mm-hmm. From that, they were like, "We want to keep in touch." Mm-hmm. And then they were like, "Do you mind if we apply to this Channel Four Playwright Scheme for you?" I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, if you do the form, that's cool." Like, uh, <laughs> so long as I uh, have yeah, to do what, the form. Yeah, yeah. And then they did it. Got an interview, and then I went on the interview with James Grieve, and then got got. Got the got the bursary. So then, twenty seventeen, I had the bursary to spend a year with Payne's Plow. So in that year, I just I was like, cool, I'm gonna immerse myself back into fair. I just spent like reading plays, trying out things. But the receipt for the bursary was me submitting a play. Mm. So at the end of the year, I had to write a play in order to like get the, the bursary. No conditions on the play; it doesn't have to be put on or anything. Mm-hmm. So they helped. Like they were like. We'll get some actors in, do workshops. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, I did a reading and then I got a call a week later saying that I didn't ask <laughs> any questions about Tamasha. Um, are looking for a play uh, for this rural tour. Mm-hmm. And like, would you, like, I know you haven't like completely like finished, finished the play, but would you be up for doing that? And like, we'll like support you. And like, it's not like, don't have to say yes, but like, they were like real careful with me and then I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Uh, and then that's how it came. Cool. Yeah. What was it like sort of being supported for that year? Like how did that help you to write the play? Um, it was, I think it was more just sort of trying to have a more of a positive relationship with it again. I think because it doesn't have to be like, oh, I've got to be spoken word or fit. Because right? mm. I remember like, applying to these, applying to this writers group. Cause I sent mainly like spoken word stuff that I'd written, but then like the reason for like them not allowing me in the group was they weren't sure. <laughs> I don't know the word in some is like they weren't sure if I was they weren't sure about my dedication to the for to the theatrical form. It was I don't know something, but right. which then for me felt like because it was like a spoken wordy vibe or like. Because of the different, Cause like, formally word, interesting. Yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> or, or, which felt a bit weird. I'm like, that, like, telling a story in whatever form is fit. Of, like, yeah. You'd think that somebody, like a theatre, would be interested in how you would do that. Like, yeah. that interesting theatrical problem, rather than, like, dismissing it because yeah. of that. Exactly. No, no, that's why I was like, I was like, right, okay, cool then. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I don't really 
yeah, I don't want to write something that you want me to write. And and is that kind of like with scenes like that, like and that kind of feedback, did that did that kind of put you off writing for theatre? Or yeah, because then I was like, then I won't be writing stuff mm. that I want to write. It, so I, it went more like, I was like, is that the actual reason? Like, because uh, yeah, and no, I just found that jarring, and then I was like, you know what, I don't. Like, if I'm going to make a show, like, I'll find a way to do it. Mm. Whatever spoken word section somewhere rather than the theatre. Well. Mm. Yes, I think it's funny when you're sitting, like, in between genres, yeah. like, and how you, like, navigate that. And I feel like it's really cool that you got the the space and the time with Payne's Plow yeah. to, like, really, like, hone yeah. how to make a virtue of, like, the way that that's yeah. the form works within theatre. Yeah, they were like, we we want you to write what what you want to write, and it was because it was like ten of them. They they like sort of the chair, George, who that he was the artistic director before the new ones. Um, James, he was like gave him the monologue that I wrote for Come to Arm From was like, all right, turn this into a play. So it was mm. like this thing of like anything has the potential to be a play. It doesn't just because they weren't like ten characters. Mm. You know, is is a piece of writing, like, and then that was that helped me a lot because then it was like, okay, I don't have to, <laughs> don't have to write characters and what they had for breakfast or whatever. <laughs> like, it was, uh, like I can write this thing, and characters can come out of it yeah. or not, or they can. So that was, that was a moment where I'm like, okay, cool, like don't stress like mm. and also and it's they'll read it and i think also having knowing that this was going to get read i yeah. mean like, if i'm like posting it something like you know don't hear back or whatever but like knowing that it's going to get read was kind of like cool right, i'm Empowering. gonna write what i want it's gonna get read i'm gonna get thoughts on it I, it was like it's a privileged position like but that's what the but yeah the bursary enabled me to have people that would read my stuff and what like is your process like like when you kind of during that year when you had that time to do it like what did you how did you sit down and go about writing it it was it, <laughs> it was hard it was long I think like the first half of the year I just read mm. just to find not necessarily to like this is what I want to write like just find the things I'm drawn to or the things that I'm just like get away from me like sort of it's like because they got the database of like it's got thousands of plays. So I just come in, sit at the desk, and just read. Mm. And I think that's amazing to do for like six months. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it's incredible. like I think, yeah, that that. But it's the financial. I think being financially supported was just because then I could take less hours doing doing jobs. Like, mm. um, yeah, I was uh, nannying at the time, so I didn't mm. have to do it as intensely. Mm. He'd we'd have meetings every week, so they'd um, just like, did you watch anything? What do you like? Did you read anything you like? And then sort of a lot of it just from bouncing from conversations. Mm. And I think my thing, the problem that I was having was from when you watch it, when I'm watching a spoken word thing, uh. The person performing can just tell you like, "All oh, right, we're in another space now." Like, yeah. Or like, "All right, cool, it's 1972." <laughs> and like, you, there's like a thing where like, it's like I don't know. 
it's like exposition that kind of works for me anyway because it's like they just you just say ah we're here now yeah boom and like cool come with me if you want like and i was just that thing of can i can i keep that and mm. or do i need is it then just turning that into character it was that was the struggle because i think i knew i didn't want to do a solo thing because that's what i've been writing mm. for myself uh doing uh, poetry and stuff so i was like i'm gonna have a go at characters but then just working out this thing of time like real time mm. so i do I want to do something that's real time something that's over like a length of time or somewhere that time don't exist mm. so that, in my head I've sort of boiled it down to them three so then I remember uh, picking three plays to be st- which at the art said that they stay just to watch it and it was right. so there was um, uh, second, 2nd of May 1997 so Jack Fawn, which were like three scenes in real time. Mm. And then Lungs, which was like over however many years. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Crave, Sarah Kane, which was just, it's almost like time don't exist. It's just like these lines. I didn't try to incorporate all of them times, but so the, the, the plays like over like a couple of years, but it's trying to, incorporate all them elements of like real time or i guess that spoken word thing we just like told you all right we're here now mm. i'm interested like because you sort of said that you were like reading for the first half of it yeah and I, like when you were talking about um like youth groups and like how you got into theater yeah. like it doesn't it didn't sound like when you're growing up you saw that much yeah. and like do you feel like kind of your main way into theater was through reading lots of plays like it sounds like you've kind of read loads especially in that year yeah i was reading that like, plays every day so it was mm. like were you seeing much at the time they, they I, that was yeah i was seeing plays like i'd ask them for recommendations and stuff mm. and like i can't remember i can't actually remember anything that i saw yeah, <laughs> like but, yeah like, i can remember plays that i read but it was so i try and watch like a show a week or something mm. i mean again this was a financial thing like having mm. the bursary was to like buy tickets and stuff yeah like, and and also they would like the roundabout shows like i go to like read throughs and mm-hmm, so they would mm-hmm. show me the process of like this is what the first read through is like and then mm. this is and then they all took me to fringe so i'd never been fringe mm-hmm. and i spent like a week at the fringe mm. watching the roundabout shows yeah now that bursary is like can <laughs> help so much because yeah. i wouldn't like even the, the cost of going to this to the fair is yeah. so like Cause them like cheap ten ten of tickets get snapped up so quick, yeah. and you're like, oh god! And or you just every I don't know how many show every show almost feels like a restricted view. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like well, how much can you crane your neck? Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> like, going more than yeah. once a week. It's like trying to jigsaw the views to go. It's like <laughs> a weird like, but you were saying like because like the bursary kind of like was such a help in order to be able to like have that time to watch yeah. and to write and to see plays, but like. What were you doing to support yourself like before that or like what did you do afterwards? Like what's the kind of, you said like nannying. Nannying. It was odd jobs. I was like, odd jobs or like living at home or mm. when I, and then I think once I got nannying, which was more regular, that was. How regular was it like every? There was like, it was every day for a while mm-hmm. and then it sort of became whenever the families needed me. Mm-hmm. And again, that was. <laughs> That was something that happened by accident. Like, mm. 
I saw someone on Facebook like, I need, I need someone for Monday. <laughs> and I would, this was, I was like, bro, and I, I was like, I, I'll I, do anything. I've hung out with, <laughs> I mean, I'd done like the odd babysitting for like mates and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was like, look, I've, and, and all, the person knew me. So I think that helped. So then I got all the official stuff, like offset training and mm. baby first aid and all that. Mm. But it wasn't something that I planned. It was just like, I need money. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, and I don't, like kids are cool, but I don't have like a, like a mad urge to <laughs> like, cause like I'm horrible at doing workshops and stuff like that. Like, cause, but one-on-one is cool. But yeah, mm. so I was nannying was for a few years, the main, the main sort of income. But then post bursary I sort of wean I sort of weaned off it but I think like touch wood for like it's been like post bursary like the commission money and stuff mm. so it's I feel like this this past year is the first year I've been like sort of a writer, mm. a writer. Mm. or like a like being able to live off being of writing being able to live off it yeah and so is it kind of like the way you support yourself is like commissions and like gigs like when you're doing poetry as well is that yeah. kind of like how you yeah so uh, it's it's just yeah just um commissions for like uh theater or, or for to write poems and then getting paid for gigs mm-hmm. it's then the okay you it's very there's not a set rate for anything so it's just whatever mm. you get like you can get cash in hand or you get like a sort of bigger commission or it's very uh scat i'm sure all right yeah it's all scatty yeah but, um but yeah this year has been the, yeah i couldn't have just done one i still need to do the i still love doing the, the sort of poetry gigs as well and mm. like it i know what you mean about it being scatty it's kind of like i don't know it can be hard to like juggle the different yeah. things like how do you manage that like and also like with mental health like as well like it can be so difficult when you're yeah. freelance like managing all of that at the moment i i'm I a therapist i think you if you care if you got the money to do it mm. like it feels like a weird thing of like writing about things which <laughs> relates it's like oh yeah circle like which i found hard there was a part of me it's like writing about something that whether it's not necessarily autobiographical or not but comes mm. from a feeling of yeah and which probably you need therapy for, but <laughs> at the time you're writing, like, not didn't have the money or whatever, and then it getting commissioned, and then sort of going over yeah. this weird thing, yeah, and then I was like, okay, I need to use this commission money to go therapy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which oh my I God. needed in the first place. Yeah. It's like this weird. Uh, oh my god, I, I, yeah. I hard relate to this. This is <laughs> yeah. wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that that, and then there was a part of me that was like begrudging about paying because the waiting list is too long like mm. it's it's just felt like all this stuff about yeah you know, it's it's good to talk just like it's <laughs> not you need the fair like mm. and it's and even the relationship with therapy is just hard because it's like i it's like in blocks and you want more consistently with it but like it's like oh, i've got enough for like six sessions mm. and then like by the six sessions when you're like starting to do yeah. real work and it's like ah yeah. oh, i got no more money left mm. so it's like yeah that that thing that I, but then the waiting list to do it on the on from the gp nhs is just 
just so, really long. So long, like, just, yeah. And do you feel like that's like the main way, like that you kind of sort of work through mental health stuff is like, you, with like therapy or like do you have kind of things alongside that maybe when you can't afford therapy or when there's just not time like that, that you do alongside it that's so what that's again I'm, I'm questioning everything that I've <laughs> done in terms of the writing was always mm. therapeutic again and that's not like a endorsement of it or, or a criticism of it mm. but it's um, it was yeah writing and open mics was the thing where like I think the thing of course the therapist trained but is that thing of having a conversation and feeling listened to like, mm. and that again like there's there's schools of thoughts on it like it's hard but in in, a, in an open mic poetry open mic for, for better or worse there's people that will come to it and just sort of released like mm. I just need to share this because I can't do this I need to get this out of my head like and again like you, for my, a lot of these people you like you should see a firm like, <laughs> it's, it's hard to yeah but of course you don't what finances etc like but I feel like something that's quite interesting specifically about poetry and I guess like any kind of art is like you're distilling an emotion or or experience and like you kind of need to have some distance from it in order to set it down and then yeah. to share it with other people. Like, it's interesting because it can feel really exposing. And like yeah. like you say, you might like need more therapy in order to like deal with the fact yeah. that that's what you're doing. But also it's such a generous act of like, I, um, I remember I, um, I was watching Bardo, like the um, poem. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like, I think I'd literally just done some writing on, it was like not proper writing. It was just like getting stuff out, but it was a feeling feelings that I was having about an ex-relationship and like seeing hearing somebody talk about a similar thing to what you're going through is just such a like just makes you feel less alone and just yeah, makes yeah. you feel like it's yeah it's just yeah so it's it's funny how it's therapy for the person that does it but then also can be a kind of therapy for, for the people yeah. who are listening it's that's yeah poetry there's so intense because like I just want to clarify Bardo is a poem by oh, yeah, yeah it's our man first was again that's uh there's so there's this intensity that like people feel like they know you off the back of you reading or mm. or you just feel because there's so much things being revealed like but there's also this thing where like people want it to be true mm. which is a bit that's a line that's a tricky line because like I think there there's a blog for like there's a poetry organization apples and snakes which a guy asked a question about authenticity and that's mm. all, this weird thing I don't know. Again, too, it's conflicting thoughts about it. Like, what does that, what does that mean? Like, or, mm. or, or why are certain people drawn to it? And then, but then it's like, who gets to say something is authentic, authentic, like, and or true, or but it's it's nice, no, a tricky thing. I don't know, because yeah. Get a therapy if you got money, go therapy. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the, that's the thing. Away. You know what? Yeah. That's the thing. Like, and there is there is something cool about writing personal thing, and like in, yeah, in terms for like the person reading and and the person receiving in the audience. Mm. But like, now there's something about not feeling alone. I think a lot of that, yeah, even if it's not directly about you or specifically about the feeling of, of something, is mm. something that you can. 
relate to, empathize with, or, or try and sympathize with, and yeah. And like, how does it that that feeling of like artist therapy, like um, translating like something that you've maybe felt or experienced or not, like how does how does that differ like when it's in poetry or when it like it comes to like writing a play like because you're in rehearsals at the moment yeah. like what is that feeling like being in rehearsals the distance has been cool because i get from the rural tour to to this tour it was, it was like a space of 18 months mm. so i know when i when i first i think because also the speed of it i didn't have time to think about things mm. not necessarily distancing yourself from the feeling mm. but like i think putting yeah, the space around there like cause it, if you're still in if you're still in that feeling mm. it's, it's very hard to everything feels dramatic yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, know, yeah like with a play i think it feels more i could cause then i do have to think more about i guess the shape of it i, mm. I feel like my relationship with the spoken word stuff is developing but at first it was very like oh, i gotta share something or or, or i've I've got to write something because I, I feel I can't just be feeling like this or I can't be carrying this feeling. Mm. But with the play, I think, and having space with it as well has, I guess, yeah, shape and space, like, of, because, uh, yeah, if I was to get this amount of rehearsal time from, like, when I, the first draft, because... <laughs> Because of the feeling, um, unless I think because this specific the writing happened very quickly. Mm. Right? If it was something that I'd written, so here's a bit, um, written over a length of time, then maybe. But because it was written very quickly, everything when I'm in that feeling feels traumatic. <laughs> so mm. it's all like feels like, of course, that's like that. Can't you feel that feeling? Because I'm feeling it, but I can't. Other people won't be feeling it. I'm so in it, must. Cause I'm so in that feeling myself, yeah. I can't objectively be like. Uh, whereas with, and cause it was like doing scenes and stuff. Whereas with a with a poem, I feel like I can get out of it quicker by doing a rhyme or a mm. pun or something. Mm. It feels more like there's ways for me to like get out of the emotion em emotion more. That's so interesting. So it's like almost like the wordplay yeah. creates the kind of distance that yeah. you almost need in order yeah. to like f experience it afresh like and, and to not be in the feeling whereas like maybe like with a play it's almost like the structure and like yeah like the structure kind of and the way that you go into it and the yeah. way that you tell that story kind of helps yeah kind of make it not just um the emotion but like distills it in yeah. a different way yeah yeah, so it's just not like feelings, feelings, feelings. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, this is, f it, yeah, this comes from a feeling rather than yeah. this is, is the, the feeling and you're going to feel, feel it. it <laughs> yeah. like, uh, have you um have you read the Stephen Jeffries book, um like Structure? No, it's on no. Playwriting. It's really good. Okay, good. okay right, so right. I... When I, I when someone first recommended it to me, I was a bit like, yikes, because I just feel like any book that's on structure kind of yeah. freaks me out. It's, yeah. It feels like it's going to be like really intimidating, but would highly recommend because it. So C Stephen Jeffries, he like passed away, actually. But like he's just the way that he wrote it was so 
it just felt really conversational and okay, like yeah. really chill and really yeah. like it made me excited about structure which is kind of wild because like how can you get extra excited yeah, yeah. about like playwriting structure but I just feel like it it's interesting yeah I just feel like he he speaks really well about like how you tell a story or how you like write a play yeah. and how that can affect an audience like completely changes what the thing is and yeah. like I don't know. I just feel like you'd maybe really I'll, enjoy I it. I should read it. Yeah. I'll, uh, <laughs> oh, next time I see it, if I know that I'm going to see it, I'll, yeah. I'll lend it to oh, you. Right. It's I really think good. that'll be cool. Nice. Uh, yeah, now structure's been a bugbear. <laughs> I think like... It's interesting because like with what you're saying about like spoken word and that form feeling incredibly important to like your voice and like that kind of being what liberated you, like reading somebody who like didn't do what he was kind of told to do in his writing. But then also like kind of loving structure and like yeah. that being a way in to help you figure out how to tell the story. Yeah. I find that interesting. Um, so if everyone did the same structure, then mm. then what is the thing? Like, what is the thing that then is the thing after that? But, mm. but then you can't, you can't plan. I, th I think, I don't know. It's more like a question rather than a thing like, mm. that could, what, are you structuring something that's already there or then is it the structure and putting something into it? I think mm. I think some people do the structure. I think you can tell as well, like with your gut, like when it's not about whether something's, when someone's done the structure before putting the story the on story, it. Where getting a story that, and then structuring that mm. I think it's maybe it's the order of things yeah but, um, it's like almost like this story is telling me how I need to tell it yeah or is it like I know that I need to say this I need I need to tell this kind of story yeah. and this is the story comes afterwards yeah it's uh, yeah it was I think not honesty I don't know what it is just a taste it's a, this is a taste thing but mm. like the things that I like yeah are the things that feel truth whether they're like true or not mm. they f they feel truthful or they come from a truthful feeling mm. like because even with books or things that I've read like some people do desperately want it to be like oh you lived that right <laughs> or like oh so you, what was it I think is it grief is the thing with feathers or something like mm. oh, oh so your wife's dead and I think the writer was like no I just uh, it's about it's about grief and I want it and it felt like this is, was a way to tell it but then people almost being disappointed that <laughs> but his, his wife is alive not, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's like but whatever the impulse was whether it was yeah I want to write about grief because I'm thinking about I don't know my dad or something or mm. thinking about what it might those yeah it's yeah, they just thought, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say there, but mm. it's, yeah. But something about, like, that authenticity and, like, that not, like, questioning, like, what authenticity kind of is. Yeah. And, like, the impulse that, if the impulse that drove you to write something is true. Yeah. And, like, you tell that story in, yeah. like, the best way possible, then, like, that is a kind of true thing. Yeah. I f yeah, I think, yeah. That's what, or those, those are the, f yeah, I think those are the things I'm drawn to. Mm. Like, um, I'm sh yeah, I'm sure there's plays that I like exercises in. This is how to write a play, which <laughs> are sick. But for me, I would just not be able to. I feel like you have a you have a raid your own radar, and yeah, for me, that's that's not the thing that interests me at all. And mm. yeah. um, what I'm interested in, like hearing about, like what 
what success looks like for you. Like, yeah. because especially as somebody who like is multidisciplinary, like yeah. it, you don't do just one kind of writing. Like what, if if I was to say like Zia in five years, oh, man. this is what I, I'd like. I can't, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like five months full time. Like the, <laughs> I don't know. I think the word success is mm. a hard thing for me. I think being, being able to try stuff out and like, I guess for success. <laughs> it's not about trying to sound like a fortune cookie, yeah, but uh, it's being allowed to fail. I think that mm. thing is like not being trapped in this. Okay, not yeah, being allowed to fail and not being and try. I guess trying things out, but being allowed to. But that that's a. I feel that's a conversation about. Uh, Especially if uh, plant writers, brown writers, like mm. everything's got to be like perfect or everything's mm. got to be successful. Yeah. That was, you've got other writers that don't have like a couple plays that aren't, whether, whether the success is being critically acclaimed or whatever, but mm. they, they, were, they were allowed to try things out. Is it success is space? I don't know. Mm, Maybe that's amazing. Yeah. That's a really like interesting thing. Think, success being space. Yeah. Rather than like whatever, yeah, stars or money. Of course, whatever people want them, that helps with funding and forms and shit. But I think for the for the makers, it's about, yeah, it's having, having space. And... Mm. Um, I'm also interested in like what inspires you, like. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 the, I, I think being around around people. I think f from doing youth groups and collectives, it's always been just seeing people that you love and respect just making stuff, mm. and that, that's always inspiring to be around and. I feel like everyone potentially, whatever, there's always people that will have something to say. And like mm. some people will get a chance to say it on a stage, in a song, in a, on, in a conversation, in a cafe or something. Like. Mm. It's, but it's just, no, I guess con connection, mm. connection is inspiring because, yeah, theatre or po it's poetry. It needs, it needs to be a conversation. It needs to be between mm. people. Like it's not a thing of like, cool. Here's the thing, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's about a relationship. It's, yeah, it's about yeah, you know, giving, receiving emotion or uh, yeah. Because then otherwise, it's like I I could write and just read in front of my mirror. Like mm. what is. And this, I always think about it, but like, why do I need to do it on an open mic? Mm. And uh, I guess a lot of it was related to that sort of therapeutic element. Mm. But but it is about it's about it's about being in a space with other people, mm. and then yeah, sharing the story. I think mean, that's something that's just very just throughout time. It's not it's not a new or an old thing it's just always been there like groups of people gathering 
I'd be like, yo, th- this is this is the story. Hmm. Or this is the feeling. Like, and I think that is always a, a thing that inspires me to do more. And maybe just, yeah, maybe just a thing to be with other people. Maybe that is just a thing of. Yeah, like being surrounded by people yeah. and com- like conversing with people and like reminiscing and and considering what life's yeah. about. Kind yeah, of. and it's the sharing, it's an offering, like just like with food or anything. It's <laughs> on that same level, like what's that? Well, yeah, potluck evening when everyone brings their own meal, like mm. yeah, and then you get to have all these different things. Like that's how I feel about uh, making stuff. Mm. Amazing. My final question is, yeah, yeah. Um, what are you excited about making next? I I would be excited to make another show mm. only because the rehearsal, I've I've loved it so much. Mm. Like just uh, with the director, with the actors, with the stage manager, with every, like it's just so... It's yeah, the the collaboration of 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 a theatre show mm. is exciting, and I, I would like to have another go with that. Like, I found the writing of the play the hardest because <laughs> mm. it was just uh, not it was mad lonely. Like, I think mm. I think with writing a shorter thing, it. The loneliness doesn't seem to go on forever. Like yeah, you write it uh, and yeah, it's like right. in front of people a bit and quicker. Yeah, and whereas this was like, I guess the space between the tour, the first tour and this tour was like eighteen months, and it was mm. just like just bit lonely. And then, mm. but then it's I think again, just you know, thinking about mental health and stuff like it was, it was hard, but then it feels like the thing to go through in order to get the rehearsal room, which mm. I, I, like, I've loved it so much. Like I can't, yeah. I, just when you see everyone bringing their own stuff and making something with you, I don't, it doesn't feel like they make this. It's not my show. It's like, yeah, when it feels like our show, mm. I think to have the opportunity to do that again would be, that's the next thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, it was no, so good to speak to you. you. I really hope that you get that soon. I bet you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've said <sounds> it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Making It. If you'd like to hear more, make sure to subscribe and leave us a cheeky five-star review. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Way, and you can book to see my debut play, The High Table which will be on at the Bush Theatre in Shepherd's Bush from February the 8th. Making It is produced by Jane Ryan, edited and scored by Kazra Faruzia, photography by Jess Ravel, artwork by Theo Banner, and hosted by me, Temi Wilkie. The podcast is supported by the Bush Theatre and London Playwrights and is a proud member of the One Fine Play Network.